Praise the Lord, and welcome to the Rock City Church Podcast with Senior Pastor Bishop Bart Pierce in Baltimore, Maryland. We pray this message strengthens and encourages you to be all that God has called you to be. So let's dive into God's Word. Well, the Lord is good. And uh, I want to take the time, excuse me, I want to take the time to make sure that you understand this Word today. And uh, may God grant me grace to be able to bring this word forth. And let me set the stage. Will you give me your attention? Look this way and stop fiddling for a minute. Once you get all your books and all your stuff and all your stuff and all your stuff, stop stuffing. Amen. Now, we are living in very, very strange days. No doubt about it. Every day you wake up. You kind of peek outside to see if outside has changed. (laughs) You know, I woke up the other morning and police and everything were out at the marina where I live. And uh, one of the guys in the boat died overnight. We have people that sleep in their boats, big yachts, and they just sleep there. And evidently, uh, he he passed away. We don't know how or anything. That's the point. But the point is, every day there's something going on. Well, it's that way in the natural, but it's that way in the spiritual. Every single day, there is something that has moved in the heavenlies. I said months ago, as I preached, that God has turned the clock of uh, of Kairos time. And, And Kairos is a heavenly time. And God has turned the clock of eternity forward. And when we understand that he's done that, because the scripture says, if he didn't, the days are so wicked that those that might perish would fall away because uh, of the evil day and and their weakness in their faith. So God has accelerated the day. The days are going faster. And, and uncertainty is sure a part of the certainty of every day. Hello? And in that process, uh, I preach and love to preach uh, the word and to dig and to pull up. Uh, and uh, I have a library of over a thousand books and I know them most, I'd say almost all of them by heart. If you grab one of my books, they'll have stickers in them like these little colored things here. And, uh, and you'll see when you open them, they're marked all over the place. And many of these books are actually from the author uh, who wrote the book because these are people that I know. I was somewhere recently studying and I opened a book I hadn't opened in a long time. And it was from Miles Monroe, who's a preacher in the Bahamas. And we had become friends. And he, he wrote a note in there to me, and I hadn't remembered even seeing it. Maybe I did or didn't, but I opened it up, and it said, Bart, when you die, die empty. And I thought, well, that's a good word. And uh, because a lot of people spend their life filling themselves up only to die full and take with them what they should have left here. And one of the Wesley brothers of John and Charles Wesley uh, 
did an amazing thing. He had wrote, uh, Charles Wesley had wrote uh, 1,800 songs. I believe it's that, maybe it's more. And, and when he died, he died broke, deliberately. He made it his declaration, I will give away everything I have because I can take nothing with me. Have yeah. you hear that? And we need to live our life with fullness of life. God tells us Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. But we also need to live it that we're depositing the life he's given us in every opportunity that he affords to us. So that if it's a child that needs to be hugged, hug the child. If it's a parent that needs to be encouraged, encourage. If it's a you know, either way, cross back and forth, husband and wife, whatever it is. Uh, if it's your neighbor that just needs something to help them along in the journey, leave that with them so you don't suddenly die and take that blessing with you. I'll be here. In that thought, I spend most of my days on the phone, texting, calls, Zooming, uh, whatever, and, uh, and studying. I spend that most of my day. And uh, this week has been an awesome week in that respect. And then there's been outside of my world all kinds of challenging things going on in the nation, which I care very, very much for. I believe I'm a very, very strong patriot. I believe in America. I believe in what it was founded on. I believe in the structure of this country. Can you hear me? Very strongly. And uh, I enforce, and my wife and I, we give every month to uh, a, a group of folks that have been wounded. And uh, I give, we give to them every single month to help those guys be able to get a house or be able to move along and, and some lost arms and legs and stuff. I'm not one that likes to just talk about something. I tried to do what I believe I am a part of. We give away a house every year for free. We've given away, this year would be the 18th or 19th, I forget now, but the, the house is already there. The city's already given it to us and we'll rebuild it completely, put everything brand new and we'll give it to a family who's never owned a home. How many of you know that we've been doing that for 18, 19 years? That means through the bad times when the economy dropped uh, and when it was going to the bottoms uh, uh, with uh, Bush and then with Obama when it was rocky in the economy. And then even in the good times uh, during Trump's administration, we were giving houses away. Home Depot joined us, other agencies, banks and so forth helping and, and other church areas, churches. We get the people actually from the churches in the city. And in that process, and there's a lot of other things we do like that, but that process is, is that we, we realize that we're here to meet needs socially. We're here to be an effect, salt and light. Y'all agree? We're here to be an ecclesia, a church. We're not here just to come, get fat, get fed, and, and, or get fluffy. I'm not using the word fat anymore. Uh, we we want to just get fluffy. And, and that's a politically correct way to say that, amen. Just everybody that seems to be having carryover from uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, we're just saying they got fluffy. And... Uh, 
<clears throat> the point, though, of all that in this is to get us to think a certain way for a moment. Uh, the church has a awesome privilege and an obligation. Hello? There are churches, I was talking to a radio person this week, and he didn't sleep all night after the attack that happened uh, at, the, uh, at Congress, which was uh, a mess, which was wrong. And it was infiltrated. You can see the police actually yeah. opening the door. One policeman's, come, come up the steps. He's leading them up the steps. It's, it's, the whole nation is so corrupt right now. And I, I could just take hours in that. But with that, I was talking to this person and comforting them and giving them some word of encouragement. And one of the things he's asked me to do a television, I mean a radio program, to two secular stations, and he'll give it to me for free. And uh, I'm praying, and uh, because, you know, that there was a need for uh, things that I say that maybe others don't that might get out the airways. Point being, I shared with this person that really in these moments and in these times, the church has failed to be the church. And with that in mind, uh, I said 50% of the churches in America are in the city of Baltimore could close and no one would know they're closed. Same is true right now. There's churches closing. People don't even know they're closed because there was no ecclesia. There was no effect. There was no uh, demonstration of the gospel from those places. Let me hear. And, and uh, <clears throat> I... Listen, look, and watch, and, and uh, I say, you know, oftentimes to pastors, you know, uh, if, if you're meeting with uh, 8 or 10 or 12 people for two, ten, uh, 10, 15 years, you should probably shut that down, send them to a good church somewhere, and then go join a church yourself and be a great servant. Hello. At the same time, I have a Bible school. I'm raising up future leaders because I believe there is a different church. And I believe there's a remnant church. And I believe the church can have an impact. When I have pastors call me and, and, and want, you know, Miles Monroe, I was talking about a minute ago, brought his entire staff, flew here and stayed two days while we sat in that old house. Chris, I think you were there with us. And we sat in that old house and taught his staff on how to do what we do in compassion ministry, grant writing and other uh, processes. And, and, you know, the church <clears throat> in this hour, it was on a prayer call yesterday for about an hour and a half that reaches, a, it's been 114 days and it reaches a large audience, people all the way in, other parts of the world, Africa, uh, India, places around the world. And I was on this call, and I was, they each day have a guest speaker. And I was the one that was the guest speaker. I've been on it before. And so I shared my heart and shared some things, and I shared about the need for the church to awaken. Come Thursday night, you'll hear more about that. Uh, I don't believe we're looking at this stage yet for revival because revival has to do with harvest yeah. 
but an awakening, a reformation has to do with inheritance. And God's people, when you get a harvest, you eat it, you spend it, you use it, and then it's gone. Soon as the figs finish growing, the fig tree leaves fall off and it sits there. And that's what harvest does. We've had revival here. Three and a half years we had revival meetings. People came from all over the world. When it was done, uh, many of the people that were so touched, were so changed, came in and they drift away. It is the theory of the lepers that came and asked Jesus to heal them. And they all nine of the ten walked away. And only one came back and said, thank you. Only one said, thank you. That's the indictment of the church. That we have turned into consumers and all we want is to get something. Hallelujah. So I believe, and I've spent some Tremendous time. I was talking to a general yesterday, and then I was talking to a friend of mine I haven't heard from in years, Frank Damasio, and others like that. I'm on the calls constantly. It's just this morning there was things happening. Come with me, and I want to address you, but I want to address the church. Will you allow me to do that? Those of you watching video stream, stay with me. You'll get something today. Now, turn to the book of Habakkuk for a minute. That's kind of our starting point. And Habakkuk is, is an interesting book. It is a book that is referred to by scholars, Jewish scholars, as the prophet of faith. And when you see in the Bible terms that are used, in Hebrews, faith is the substance. It is coming from the New Testament writers, <coughs> excuse me, pulled it from this Old Testament prophet. And just like in the book of Joel, you will find uh, 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 the book of Acts, Joel, Joel the prophet is referred to as the Pentecostal uh, prophet. Because it's in chapter 2 that it is referenced by Peter on the day of Pentecost. And he talks about in the last days, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. It's in the book of Joel. So they're married together. Well, Habakkuk is married together with Paul through the faith realms. I'm just giving you some background. I'm going to read out of the King James Bible, guys. Uh, sorry, I should have told you, but you waited anyway. That was smart. <clears throat> and um, Habakkuk chapter 3, uh, verse 16. Are, are you there? Is it working? Oh, there it is. Thank you. Now, when I heard my belly tremble. <laughs> How many of you know that was not from hunger? When I heard my belly tremble, my lips quivered at the voice. Now, I'm going to take a few minutes to read this verse so cuz there's so much in it. And and you know, he, he quivered at the voice. 
Revelation says that John, the revelator, turned around and looked to see the voice that was speaking to him. How many of you know you don't do that? You don't turn to look at the voice, you look at the person who's speaking. True? But I want you to hear this, and, and, and I'll probably enlarge this as we go. Recently, God gave me a download out of 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, and I've preached around it and about it, where it says that when the angels were thrown out of heaven, the third of the angels of Lucifer, it says they were cast down into hell, and they would deliver them in chains into hell. Now, my understanding of jail, I've been arrested many, many, many times, been put in jails, and <clears throat> that was before I got saved, by the way, and um, it may happen in this day coming, but at least, <laughs> uh, this was before, B.C., before Christ, and, uh, <clears throat> but in that process, the, the criminals that are the bad guys, they're always chained. The real ones, I'm talking about the real bad guys, they're extra chained. I said recently, or a while back in this pulpit, that there are demons that have been locked up in hell. And they are there and they are chained. Because of the violence of the spirit thereof, they are demons that have not, it says, why? It delivered them into chains, go on, of darkness to reserve unto judgment these angels are there till judgment begins now i'm going to tell you judgment is on the earth judgment is on the earth so so the darkness these these demons Fallen angels, they were of a high order. They were archangels over something because reading scripture, you'll find angels were given assignments. There were the cherubims and they were those that were between the ark of God and they were there with their wings uh, and they are angels that say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord every day. That's their assignment. There's an angel that says in Revelation, it says that he is the angel of fire. That he's there and he has, he, he brings fire. So when there's a anointing, a meeting, and the Holy Ghost came in the book of Acts, he was the angel who brought the fire. And when Moses ran into the bush that was talking, that was the angel of the Lord that was in charge of the fire. Isaiah 66 says uh, there's an angel that carries his presence. Yeah. Hallelujah. There's an angel that carries the presence of God. Are you hearing me? That's got to be a strong angel. <laughs> that got to be a big angel. That ain't no little boy. That ain't no little naked baby with a big butt and little teeny wings. That is a big dude. Sorry, I, sometimes I get too blunt. And those of you of religious spirits, you don't know what to do with that. So you just kind of look frozen. I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to smile. It's okay, I'd rather you smile once in a while so your face doesn't freeze that way and we have to bury you looking that way. Anyway, tolerate me today because I'm going to mess with you. 
But this angel now carries the presence of God. The angel of his presence. Well, it says right there. And there are other angels. I don't have the time. You look it up. I don't have the time, but there are angels that actually carry certain manifestations and characteristics of God. That's pretty heavy. These angels that are locked up in hell, Lucifer, because they were there, preserved for a day of judgment. They have been loosed. They have been unlocked. And they are on the earth. That's why we feel an acceleration of darkness. That's why we feel wickedness is everywhere. That's why corruption is just happening and boiling over almost like a pot that the water boiled over onto the oven or stove because the the darkness is just uh, knowing that the light is coming. So it's prevailing, it's moving, uh, it's showing itself like no other time. Insane murdering, corruption, politicians, bankers, judges, kids in the street killing for sport. Hallelujah. Now, because of that, they were preserved unto judgment. So I believe that when I heard my belly tremble, my lips quivered at the voice. There is an angel that carries the voice of God. There is an angel that actually carries the voice. You remember the four lepers? They said they got to the tents of the Syrians and a voice, a sound had come and scared them. And it was the sound of soldiers and horses and armory and all that. And they fled because of the sound. I mean, here. And I believe that there's an angel, and he was a high ranking angel, and he carries the voice of God. That's why John looked to see the voice, because the angel was invisible. Now, and he says here, my lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones. And I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. That I might rest in the day of trouble. Now, I have preached around this before, but I think you'll understand something today. That word there... And the Amplified says that part that I might rest in the day of trouble. And and the Amplified says, and distress when there shall come up against my people, him who is about to invade and oppress them. (laughs) Have you hear that? That's the end part. They will come up against my people, him who is about to invade and oppress them. How many of you know that the enemy is in Revelation going to call forth a war against the saints of God, the seed of the woman. The seed of the woman. There is a war that's now engaged. And we're in a day, now we may be on the doorstep of 
what would become uh, what the Bible says in the last days, uh, th this might be that day. That might be the thing that's beginning to happen, tribulation. We might be on the edge of a time of tribulation. And tribulation could last for 20 years. I don't know. But there is a movement, and we have to look at biblical fact and try to see as human can only see measured parts, what is God up to? What is going on? Now, let me show you something about Habakkuk 3.16. And uh, it's, uh, it, it, it struck him in the core of his being. He had heard the living word in verse in Hebrews 3, 2 says that in his belly, which is something to be understood here, but look at Hebrews 3, 2 for a minute. And who was faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. And he was, there's that faith again. He was a faithful man to everything God called him to do. He was a faithful, now he wasn't, he was a, a singer in the temple. He was a musician. That's what his particular role was. He was a singing prophet, like uh, uh, the South African guy, Kim. So he was part of that maybe, you know? And uh, he was a skilled musician that could prophesy with an instrument. Now, what it said here in 316 about his belly, the word belly there says that uh, my belly trembled. That word belly in the Hebrew is the word for womb. Now you're going to get all this if you'll stay with me. His belly quivered. You remember when Mary and Elizabeth got together, Mary's womb lit up and jumping began to happen. You mothers will understand that process. There's a there's an excitement that goes on inside when a woman's pregnant. The child starts rolling around, moving, and doing stuff. Hello. And that word in the Hebrew is, and so what he was saying is a belly. When I heard my belly tremble, my womb of what I was carrying began to move. It's like God has hit America, uh, this nation, in the gut really hard and he has our attention over here remember the lord spoke to me earlier this year that we were going through contractions that, that we go through three of them but right now we went through one and that was the coronavirus the 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 covet 19 and we've gone in that and we've pretty much come out of that they're still lingering but I'm saying that was a contraction and the contraction has a peak and a fall and we're moving away from that and then the second was this whole political craziness and I'm you know this has been the craziest political in my lifetime I'm old uh, where a candidate for president can sit in a basement the entire time while the other candidate runs all over the nation 
and is in every state and sometimes three and four and five in a day. What a contrast. Crazy. And this election is still got tentacles and, and, and all going on. And the, the, the uh, Senate went through the process and that was part of the trying to disrupt that happened. It was a deliberate thing. And, and so that disruption caused the decision to contest and listen to the contesting and make a 10-day period, which has been done before. It's been done before. They'd have a 10-day period to form a council that would debate the irregularities in the political court things, the process of voting. That's all. They just wanted to get word back. Now, you've got Georgia still working on some voting that's going on, and they've got 30,000 votes that they uh, have somehow discovered. And so that were four uh, and opposite. So uh, it looks like the senator... um, Purdue could it could be turned around and he could win the seat in the Senate so that's going on there's potential of that still circulating they're still going through that they're counting the vote this weekend they've been doing it so it's it'll it'll come out it'll happen whatever happens it'll happen I'm just taking you along come with me now so we've been through this process of contractions there is a third contraction that God spoke to me is coming. We're not there yet. Uh, We are still in labor as a woman in travail. That's your Bible. And there's another uh, contraction coming. And and there will be a birthing at some point of these contractions. I said that back in March, April. So this is not new. This is something I said. Now, Habakkuk trembled, so his womb got moved, and it's like God punched him. It's like God has punched the church in the stomach, in the womb, where we're having to say, what is that? Because there's something going on. And and the word trembled uh, quivered with violent emotion. Remember, when the hand or the finger of God appeared and wrote on the wall, it says Daniel's knees smote one another. Daniel's in there and he's in, and right on the wall, this hand appears and starts writing on the wall. That would freak you out. And what that was, it says, it was the fear of the Lord is returning and was coming back to Israel. The fear of God, I preached recently about it, has to come back to the church. The fear of God has to come back to America. That we fear God. Now, listen, I'll say something, I'm going to finish this. And the fear of the Lord's returning, and he said, rottenness has entered my bones. Proverbs 12, 41 in the King James Bible. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband like my wife. 
But she that maketh ashamed is a rottenness to his bones. Now, the woman, the virtuous woman, is the church. And to the husband is the Lord Jesus. But she that maketh ashamed is rottenness to his bones. Proverbs 14.30 A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy is the rottenness of the bones. When this rottenness entered Habakkuk's bones, he felt both shame and envy. How do you see it? I just read, when, when, when a sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy is the rottenness of the bones. When the rottenness enters Habakkuk's bones, it also brought shame. That's where Proverbs 12.41 comes in. Uh, or 12.40, I shouldn't have said 12.41. It was 12.4. Uh, but she that maketh ashamed is a rottenness of the bones. So that rottenness and that shame and envy is what came inside of this prophet. Can you hear me? And you know the church is going to have to move, if we're going to move in the fear of the Lord, we're going to have to move to a place of being ashamed. Where we on Saturday night watch something that's not supposed to be watched, go with someone we're not supposed to go with, do what we're not supposed to be doing, and then we come in the house of God and go, Hallelujah, let me serve. Can I help? What can I do today? We have no shame anymore. But God is shaking the nation and he's revealing the secrets and intents of the heart. And envy. You see, he felt shame and envy. You know, envy is that thing which you begin to want what someone else has rather than pay the price they paid. You, you want somebody else's blessing without paying the price yourself. You want a prayer life like somebody that has one, but you ain't willing to pray. David said, I will not offer to the Lord that which I have not paid for. If we're not willing to invest and buy this thing, buy the truth and sell it not. We want it by osmosis. We think if we sit in the church, it'll just come on us. It don't happen that way. He was ashamed Habakkuk allowed himself to be trapped in the lower realms of his flesh. Envy of the new covenant day of Jesus, the Messiah's reign in the earth. He was, the prophet was experiencing this as, as a prophetic moment. How many of you know God takes his prophets many times through what the nation is going through? I won't take the time, but I could tell you that has a great truth to it. Now, it turned this whole process of quivering and, and, and belly movement, his womb, and all this, the rottenness in his bones, and, and all this that's going on, 
It turned this psalmist, this musician, sobbing into a new song. He moved in this thing, and coming through it, he came out with a new song. Have you know God, if you will stay in God and stay in his process, he'll take you through this day, but you'll come out with a new song. Hello. Now, many won't make it. Now, Habakkuk's prophecies are considered the faith prophet. Remember now, they're about faith. So be encouraged. Even though he has peace, he's rested, it says, in the day of trouble. How do you hear that? He rested in the day of trouble. And knowing, he was knowing that when he says that, that I might rest in the day of trouble, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, was on his way to capture Israel. Yet he knew that there was a place he could go to rest in that day of trouble. Hallelujah. And he felt, the Bible says, he felt this down to his feet. How many of you know the thing that's happening right now is going to go all the way down to your foundation? He felt it in his feet. It's going to go all the way down to your foundation. What is your foundation? Is it built on the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it built on a rock? Is it built on sand? Is it built on emotion? Is it built on uh, friendships with somebody? Is it built on a relationship? What is your foundation that you're standing on? And everything that can be shaken shall be shaken. And you're, listen to me, we are going to see, uh, because God always follows a pattern of himself. When Israel requested, when, when Moses requested that God speak to Israel, you know the story. And he said, here they are, God, speak. And instead of speaking, God sent lightning and thunder and shaking. He shook the mountain till the people said, you know what? <laughs> Got a good idea. You and God, Moses, y'all talk. Come back and tell us what he said. We'll be okay with that. I mean, you know, when God spoke all through the Bible, he sent famines. He sent pestilence. He sent earthquakes. He sent, uh, opened up and swallowed people in the earth. You see, when God speaks, he uses the earth. That's why it ain't Mother Earth. He uses the earth to speak to his people. And we're going to see him speak to America and the world, but he's going to do it through his earth. His creation will declare his works and wonders in the realms of the heavens. And we will see volcanoes the size of things we've never seen. We will see earthquakes like we have never seen. I have a website, I, uh, a Google thing that I follow on earthquakes that happen every day. There could be 200 a day. And I'm very interested in the ones that happen around the ring of fire, which goes all the way through California and goes up through Alaska, goes through the... Uh, 
what's it, the Bering Strait and goes across into Russia and goes all the way down into Japan, all the way down into Indonesia and that whole region of the South Pacific. It, it's a whole circle like a horseshoe. And it's so active right now, it's startling. They can have, any day now, they can have 20, 30 of them. Some of them are 4.5, some are 6.2. It's going on constantly. And, and, and look, saints, I, it, it, I don't need to prophesy that because that's just going on. But it is also how God will speak. He sent an earthquake that hit the Mississippi River and made it go backwards. It didn't go from Michigan down. It went from New Orleans up. The whole tide, the current changed, and it so shook Pennsylvania that the Liberty Bell cracked. You know the crack that's in the Liberty Bell? It cracked because God said, I want you to get a message here. He shook that place till the Liberty Bell dropped, and when it dropped, it split. Are you listening to me? You see, God... You'll get some scripture from this. I'll, I'll take you a little further. You still with me? Okay. Now, it's a day of trouble, but God tells us we can have rest. And, and this thing, it, it has to come completely in our foundation. Rest has to be in your foundation, not in your mind. People try to get rest in their soul with drugs, with all kinds of extracurricular activity, they try to get rest in their soul, and you got to get rest in the spirit. You got to get your foundation right. You see, when your foundation, the Bible says, how can the righteous rule when the foundations are wicked? You got to get your foundation so it's secure. So it's straight. Hello? You got to breathe and you got to live. Yes, but you got to get your foundation. You got to know who you believe. You got to be able to say, I trust God. I'm not going to go trust my little beer. I can buy any booze I want. But I don't. Never have since I got saved. Why? Because I don't ever want somebody to catch me buying some booze when I took them out of drugs. I had a home for men, 14,000 men. The population was so large, we had 52 beds every night packed. My chance of running into them was real high. I mean, you know, you do some things for yourself, but you do some things for others. I live my life not always for my own selfish agenda to make my little two cents opinion. Sometimes I swallow my stupidity for the sake of somebody else. That's for you. Now, we're going through a period like those of the early disciples. Luke chapter 24, verse 21. This is the only one in the NIV. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. What is more, it is the third day since all this took place. You see, they're walking along, they're talking, and they said, gosh, we really hoped that Jesus was, he was going to be the answer. We were hoping that. 
How do you know prophetic moments can be filled with hope? Verse 25 through 27, still in the NIV, read on. And he said to them, how foolish are you and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? You see, we judge things from an urgency to make sure it happens now. When God is eternal, long-lasting, he might not bring it to bear for a long time. Called them foolish, slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Now, we need to come along with this to understand that as the early disciples had to hold on to the hope that God was doing something, so must you in this day. The word for rest means to settle down. It means to remain. Some of you know you come around, you're part of something God's doing, and some of you watching, you're, you're part of the moment, but you never settle. One thing about a dove, and, and this is for all of you creature lovers, I used to eat them. They're very delicious, and I used to shoot them. Okay, they're very fast. You probably your dad probably shot them down there at the eastern shore. And and but one thing about them is, doves are skittish. You move and they're gone. And they have to land when. Noah let out a raven, that thing came back. <laughs> but when he let out the dove, it kept flying till Acts chapter 2. And then it dropped in. Well, that's a whole nother story. Because see, that, that bird was un, unsettled. He was looking for a people who would allow him to settle and tongues of fire came down and the dove of God settled on him. And Jesus had to have the dove show up on him when he went to get baptized. That dove was looking for a place to land. <laughs> He's looking for a place to land this morning. Now the word rest means to settle down Remain and be quiet. Be quiet. Be still and know that I'm God. We need to learn in the season we're in how to be quiet. Doesn't mean you don't pray loud. It doesn't mean any of that. What it's talking about, when you learn to be quiet is, the Bible says you have ears, two of them, and one mouth. So you're swift to hear, meaning first hear, secondly speak, and then you'll be slow to wrath. Every married couple should have wrote that down and swore to God 
on the Bible that, that you would practice that at least once a week. <laughs> now, there is a righteous remnant in the nation who have learned how to rest. You see, when you rest, I'm on the phone with guys all the time. And there's, you know, after I finished the prayer time, there was the, the lead guy called me at home, called me this morning, called me last night again, texted me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and what, what people are looking for is, uh, Mark Sharona said to me the other day on the phone, you know, Bishop, when you talk, you have something you do, and you bring the peace of God into a moment. Okay. I think so. There's a righteous remnant in this nation who are going to learn who are learning how to be still and to rest. Look at 1 Kings 5.4, King James now. 1 Kings 5.4, Isaiah 28.12. But now the Lord, my God, hath given me rest on every side so that there is neither adversary nor evil occurrent. How are you here? That's somebody you want to be. But now the Lord God had given me rest on every side. Some of you need to have rest all the way around you. You don't have rest all the way around you. And it says there is neither adversary nor evil. There are two things. Adversary is what you can see. Evil is the unseen. Isaiah 28, 12. Isaiah 28, 12. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. Father, bless your people that they would shake off weariness, slumber and sleep, that they would shake it off of their life like a viper. This is the rest wherefore ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not here. You see, saints, the real issue a lot of times that we're not in the place we need to be. I'm going to get to the end. When I get to the end, you'll understand what I've just said. Everything I've said is for the end. But you'll see God's people walking in constant turmoil. Calamity after calamity. And saints, when the nation is in calamity, you don't want to be personally in calamity. When the nation is shaking like it is right now, and I'm up there in age, saints, and I'm telling you, I ain't never seen it like this. I mean, I was getting calls this morning of things that are being planned and things going on that are going to be released and some things. I've got a general that I'm talking to that I've known for a long time and he's checking something out to verify some things for me and I'm involved in some things. I'm just telling you that's who I am. I've always been that way. Okay? 
And, and I'm not going to come to the best of my ability and bring you some half-truths or some Google thing or some YouTube thing. You understand? I'm going to verify. Now, there's a refreshing comes, but then those that were listening, those that were there, they wouldn't hear. Oh, you know, you got to hear today. Can you hear what God is saying? Rest is not being lazy. Rest is not, you know, foot kicked up and you're sipping your little sodas and having a blast. Rest is that your soul is not agitated. Because your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And that's where demonic torments go in. They go into your soul and they cause your mind, your will, and your emotions to be under a war all the time. Because you have no peace. Now, that I might have rest, Habakkuk said, in the day of trouble. Now, trouble means tightness. It is rendered as an adversary, adversity, affliction, anguish, distress, tribulation, or trouble. So that word there for, for trouble is the same word we get from tribulation. I believe we are at the door of tribulation, of revelation. The last days, tribulation I believe because those de demons, those demonic angels that were unchained are now operating on the earth and they're operating in the day of judgment. And I believe judgment has been released. Now I got to tell you, that's a warring angel. It's, it's like the angel of death. Remember, there was an angel that came through where Moses and the Israelites were, and he was the angel of death. So there's a death angel. There's a judgment angel. And that angel is a terrorizing angel. Now, that word trouble is used in a few places, and I would not do us right if I didn't give you a few of these for the sake of building your scriptural base on this. Genesis 5, uh, 35, 3 talks about this trouble. And let us arise. Here we go. We're going to rise. We're going to, come on, we're going to wake. Let us arise and go up to Bethel. And Bethel's the house of God. And I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress. That's trouble. And was with me in the way which I went. And you know, we need to build an altar. Listen, worship is connected to the day of trouble. Worship should be a part of your daily appetite. When Noah landed, the first thing he did was worship. We need to get back to the fact that worship becomes the outlet of all the stress that we're trying to internalize and keep our hand on. We need to come and worship and give it to God. Amen. Worship is that thing that releases the valve and lets the steam blow off. 
So when you come in the house of God, you need to say, I've come to worship today. And when somebody says, man, you're exuberant, you just need to get cool because they don't know what you've been stressing with. What did Israel want to do if they could just get out of Egypt's hair and go and worship? You see, God meant for the solution of your stress to be the outlet of worship. Job 5.19. Job 5.19. He shall deliver thee in six troubles. Yea, in seven, there shall no evil touch thee. Woo! How do you know six of your troubles is man, but the seventh one was God. So God just covered the other six and said to Satan, you can't touch him. You know the story. He couldn't touch Job. How do you want to be part of the untouchables? Those of you that are old know what I'm talking about. You want to be part of the untouchables. The enemy cannot touch me. The enemy cannot touch my family. The enemy cannot touch my finances. The enemy cannot touch my body. The enemy cannot touch my church. The enemy cannot touch what I touch. But you got to decree it. You just can't think it because you'll burn up that teeny little brain you have. Remember, you're only working on about 7%. So the rest is just a fluffy piece. You got a flabby slab and you're only using 7% and some of you, I've been generous. And next time you go to give a person a piece of your mind, Stop, you ain't got a lot to be given away. Psalm 91, verse 15. He that dwell in the secret place, he shall call upon me, and I, God said, will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Do you know when you call on God in your trouble, God will cause you to be honored where you've been dishonored, where you've been disavowed, you've been disconnected. And God will say, if you just call on me in your trouble, those that have put you down, I'm gonna cause your enemy to even be at peace with you. There's gonna be a day where Donald Trump is gonna have to build a room in the White House for people that have to come and repent. And churches in America need to, this morning, leave their gift at the altar and go get it right. Mm. You better look at that. You see, I'll be with you in trouble. Call on me. You can't be calling on God. When you're calling God's preacher something or calling God's saint something, you can't be calling on God when you call on that neighbor of yours, that wife of yours, that husband of yours, some other thing. 
You call on God and it's intercepted. The spirit gets it because it didn't clean. He said, I'll deliver him. And then he said, I'll honor those that I deliver in the day of their trouble. Proverbs 17, 17. Just a couple of scriptures to add value to what I'm saying here today. Because the last piece is going to be tight. A friend loveth at all times. Wouldn't you like to have a friend like that? I have one, my wife. A friend, she's my best friend, has been for 52 years. And uh, a friend loveth at all times. A brother is born for adversity. <laughs> you get around me, your brotherhood's going to get approved. <laughs> That's true. I got guys that are my brothers out around and they're good. They're good people. My friend, Alan Hickman, he's my brother. There ain't nothing I could ask he wouldn't do. I didn't ask for Corona, but he gave it to me. So, I mean, you know, he's friendly. Went fishing and he gave me his. I told him. I told him I was telling the whole church. He said, well, they won't ever want me to come back. I said, they love me. I'll let you back. I said, I'll get you cheaper this time. <laughs> a friend loveth at all times, but a brother's born for adversity. When you got a real brother in Christ, they'll stand for you when everybody else is not. Isn't it sad that we pushed, prayed, and hoped that this president, Donald Trump, would get saved? And we have people like Franklin Graham and Kenneth Copeland who are attesting to the fact that they were present when he invited Jesus into his life. He is born again. But you that are without sin, take your stone and you throw it. You know, right now, people abandon. The spirit of disloyalty is so active in the world today. Now, when all the politicians don't have President Trump to devour, you know what they will do? They're called locusts. And I could read that out of the book of Joel. They have sharpened their teeth like the locusts. They will eat one another. They will eat their own babies. They already do. They abort them and they eat them. And some of the vaccine is used from these fetuses. So you better check which vaccine you're getting. Come on, saints, you listen to me today. You were just shouting a minute ago, where'd you go? Don't become disloyal in front of me. I know you can do that when you leave, but don't do it in front of me. Jeremiah 37. 
You say, well, oh, my God, man, I don't go to church where they, 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 man, they walk right down your feet, they step on your toes. I only found one thing that sets people free. Jeremiah 37. Alas, for the day is great. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah? So that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. What the heck? But he shall be saved out of it. I mean, you know, J Jacob had some real trouble. He had to wrestle with an angel to get out of his trouble. Some of y'all are going to have to learn to wrestle. Some of you need to wrestle your way out. Here you go. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. This is a prophecy. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, Michael the archangel, which standeth for the children of thy people. This is talking about a later time. It is Many scholars believe this is the end time during tribulation, during the end of everything, Daniel chapter 12, he left talking about Babylon and shifted over to the day we live in. And at that time, shall Michael stand up? This is Michael the ark. He's already done his thing. And the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. That's who Michael is. He always stands for the Jew. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since. There was a nation even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered every one that shall be found written in the book. It's talking about the tribulation of the end. And the only people that will survive will be those that's name is written in the Lamb's book of life. If your name is not written in that book, you're not going to make it. Now, please notice, there is no reference that the day of trouble will just be over. We could very well be in the beginning stages of the great tribulation that Daniel talks about and other places it talks about it. We could very well be at that stage. I've said it. I'm teaching a series on Thursday nights about awakenings. I told you, revival awakenings and awakening God's people and the awakening of sin. How many of you know those, those demons that were in hell that got unchained, they woke up? How many of you know darkness is waking up and God's people better wake up and nations are waking up? God has caused a great awakening. Now, two more things I want to say. I'm done. One, I said it a minute ago what I do. Write it down if you're a note taker, but at least get it in your heart. Verify. This is a day to verify what you read, what you think you hear. I have people that send me stuff they saw on Google and YouTube and stuff, and I debunk most of it by looking it up, and by some of it I just discern. I know enough, and I know enough people. This general that I called and talked to, and he called me yesterday, we talked again, all that, is the general who founded the special unit of the military uh, called the, uh, 
strike force. He, he, he was the originator of it. They are an equal to the Navy SEALs. Strike force is what was used at uh, Black Hawk Down. And he was the general in charge of Black Hawk Down. So I call him because he, call, he tells me he has trout lines. Anybody, maybe Drew knows, but if you don't know what a trout line is, it's a string you stretch across a body of water and you hang bait down on it and you leave it all night. And when you go out there late at night to get it up, you slowly pull it up. Usually put chicken neck on it. When you pull it up, you'll have big giant turtles. You'll have water moccasins. And you'll have big fish. You'll have all eels. You'll have all kinds of stuff. It's called a trout line. So he puts out a trout line to pick up everything he can pick up. Throws away the junk, and we find out what's going on. Do you understand that? Now, first thing I want to say to you, verify, verify, verify. How do you verify? You judge by discernment, but you judge by the book. You judge by prophets. Hello? Prophecy is to be judged by prophets. So don't go off on your own thinking you can judge things just because you think you're smart. Intelligence is not how you discern. You discern by the spirit, not how big your brain is. If that were true, we wouldn't have doctors that are so confused that one day tell you to put on a mask and the next tell you not to. And I didn't go to college to get that. Now, there are a lot of voices in the earth clamoring for your attention. I'm speaking to you, Rock City Church. I'm speaking to you that are watching. There are a lot of voices clamoring for your attention. How do you hear that? Lots of voices. Now, I have not done this but a few times, and I'm doing this because this is where we're at, and we need to know these things so we can continue to go on. You need to be careful what Jesus said you listen to and how you listen to things. Okay? If you're under duress, you're under pressure, you're under fear, you'll say, oh, I got to hear, and that hearing can be tainted. You got to listen to and pay attention to who you listen to and what you listen to. You getting it? Now, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, NBC, they are all some of the very crooked voices in the land. Now, I didn't say they all were, but they all are made up of these crooked voices. And remember... If they can silence, as they're trying to do with tech today, if they can silence, if Twitter can silence the president, they're going to silence me and some of you. Now, they've already done it in Canada. Canada is one of the worst countries in the world. They have lost their liberties. They have the Chinese government up there with military training during winter exercises in our, next, in our neighborhood. They're buying, Chinese are buying properties on our perimeters. They bought a piece of property in the Bahamas. I have a home there. I know this. The man who cares for my home is a policeman. He told me the story from his view. They bought it 
and then we had a hurricane come through and they were building it as an underwater sub base. Takes us about 45 minutes to fly from Florida there. So 45 minutes from our shore like Cuba years ago was. They got bases they're trying to build. But the hurricane and some assistance by some others made that uh, base get collapsed. There was a little help. And um, but remember now, if they can silence the president's voice, I don't care who the president is. Any president, if they can shut their voice down, they got too much power. Say, wow, well, wait a minute, we're in church. Yeah, I'm preserving the fact that you need to be able to go here and download the message that I preached today and hear it and not have it pulled off of these things because, oh my God, they're afraid I said something that would offend some of these quacks. Hello? So you've got to get educated so you know how to pray. And find other resources. There are others, Newsmax, Parler, other things. They're trying to mess with Parler. And, and you got to understand there's some things you'll have to hear, but you need to understand they're, they're moving towards taking some liberties with Parler. Uh, Apple is not trying to take them off right now, but what they're doing is they're threatening them by telling them they got to clean up how they, how they judge their content. So it's, it's, a, it's a process. It's a process. And, and we need to understand, remember, if they can do that to the president, they can do it to you. And they can certainly silence you and I on our Twitter accounts. And that's why I've never been on Twitter. I've never been on Facebook. Never been on any of those things. Uh, by the way, Twitter still has on today. I checked it. Farrakhan and the Ayatollah is still allowed to be on Twitter when they say every day destroy and kill Israel the infidel and the US where the little Satan Israel's the big Satan yet they leave them on wow is there conspiracy don't answer it I'm asking the question is there conspiracies? There was in the Bible. The Canaanite kings joined hands against Joshua, Joshua chapter 10. And there was a conspiracy to overthrow Joshua. Mixed multitudes conspired against Nehemiah and his project of rebuilding the wall and the gates of Jerusalem. Nehemiah 4, chapter 4 through 6, Sambalat and Tobiah. Sambalat means raven and, and Tobiah means uh, wolf. They sent letters out and condemned them and said these, were, these people were of the devil. Matthew 26, 1 through 16, not going to read it. Religious leaders plotted and conspired to execute Jesus. I wrote a book about it called The Bride, A Bribe of Great Price. Now, the same men that conspired against Jesus rose up against Paul and, and that's in Acts chapter 4. I just put that out there so we understand conspiracies 
have always been with us. I'll tell you of one I, did, I left out, but I need to get there. Is there conspiracies going on in America? There are terms used by some groups as they use the term elite or insiders are swamp people. This is not referring to those who break the law, but to people who make and pay for the law. I don't know if you even heard what I said. These people they call elite, they're not breaking the law. They write the law. And they pay for the law to be enacted as they want it to be enacted. That's why they're elite. That's why they're out of the range of being arrested or going to court. That's why Hillary can do the things she does, blow up, tear up her, her uh, phones and things, and nobody cares, nobody can do anything. Wow. Now, these people occupy the highest level of our courts, our government, our media, our banking, big business, big tech, education, and the military. There are three groups that have been operating since 1921, one of them. It is the CFR. CFR is the Council of Foreign Relations, located in New York. Another one is TLC, not Tend to Love and Care. Trilateral, the Trilateral Commission, hello, and they were founded in 1973. The CFR was founded in 1921, and then in 2000, there was a third one added called the New World Order. Bill Gates, some of those people are part of the New World Order. The Obamas, those people. Their ideological premises isn't new. It came from the garden. Genesis 3, 5. He said, if you eat this, God knows you will be like gods. You shall be as gods, little g. You see, we often say the day of trouble is here, but we often say that these people like this they want money. Well, that's a mistake. The people who want money are a lower level of people. Those people want power because power gives them all the money. I had a guy led to the Lord years ago. He's a mafia. Real. Led his whole family to the Lord. His sons, his kids, everybody. His, his wife's one of his son's wife's father was the head of the police department or highway patrol in Delaware. I did his funeral. And uh, the governor was there and the head of uh, Dover Air Base was there and all these big wigs. And there was hundreds and hundreds of policemen and I did his funeral. So I know what I'm saying here. I was talking, his name was Joe. I said, Joe, he would bring us, uh, when we were building one of the buildings on the other hill, he would bring us these boxes full of vegetables or fruit. And he always had these shiny black patent leather shoots on, shoes on, and he had painter's pants and an old tour shirt or something. 
He looked like a bum. And I'd say, Joe, what is the deal? You bring these boxes of food like a beggar. You look like a peasant. He said, what do you want me to do? I said, oh, boy. I said, well, you, you got money like crazy. He said, no, no, I don't need the money. He said, my uncle Luigi owns the yacht. I want a yacht, I go to Miami. He owns the big yacht. He said, uncle, and he names all these uncles. He's in New York, I need a new suit. I just go, he gives me a new suit. And he went through the whole thing. I said, hey, you don't need no money. He said, I don't need the money. I just need power. Now, I'm speaking to encourage you. So I'll end this with these four scriptures real quick. You still with me? You okay? I'm, I'm moving. Psalm 2, verse 1 through 6. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh <laughs> and shall have them in derision. That's Psalm 2, 1. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh and the Lord shall have them in derision. They're laughing today. The angels of heaven are laughing with God. He's looking at these fools that think they have power. When he can shake the ground where the capital sits and it will be a pancake tomorrow. Daniel 2.44 and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. There it is. In the day of these great kings who think they are something, God's kingdom is being established and shall never, ever be destroyed. Psalm 45, verse 7. God hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. How I many of you see that? God's going to give us joy. He's going to anoint us with oil, the oil of gladness. God's people are going to be happy. Isaiah 61, 3. A garment of praise he's given you for a spirit of heaviness. I want you to stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to the Rock City Church Podcast and a special thank you to all who generously give to our ministries. We're feeding 40,000 families each month through our food program. We're sheltering women in crisis and have had over 1,200 babies born through our girls' home. And we're able to impact countless lives around the world through generous givers like you. Tap the link in the description below to give online or visit our giving page at rockcitychurch.com. Our prayer room is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if you need prayer, call our 24-hour prayer line at 410-882-2689. Like and share this message with your friends and subscribe to get the latest messages. You can also join us in service on Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Thanks again for listening to the Rock City Church Podcast. God bless you.